The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 23, the Christmas live show. We actually have an audience here today. Hello, audience. All right. Hey, you might have heard them. We might have paid them to do that. Um, With me today, I've got our elders here at Eden Chapel. I've got Pastor Aaron Case. You can clap for him. Hey, there we go. Pastor Jonathan Mitchell. And Pastor Gary Singleton. Those were not boos that yeah, you heard. Boos. Those were the shouts of G. Yeah. All right. Amen. So uh, today we that are doing. Sounds biblical. <laughs> That's the shouts of G. <laughs> not to be confused with shouts of glee. Yeah. Just right. of but G. they're kind of similar. They, they are, are similar. They are similar yeah, for sure. Um, so today we're doing our live show, uh, talking about Christmas, and I think uh, you listener are going to be um, blessed by this time. We've got some great insight from our pastors on Christmas. Um, that will challenge us, that will make us think as we go through this hustle and bustle time uh, of the year. So we're going to just jump right in. Um, I have a few bonus questions at the end that I'm going to drop on them that they have no idea what I'm going to ask, <laughs> which should bring some entertain- entertainment. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Maybe it might offend someone. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that's why we're here. Well, that's, yeah, that's why we're here. That's right. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start um, just so we're all... Uh, starting on the same page, we don't want to assume anything. Um, we are going to start with a uh, brief summary, I guess we could say, of uh, the Christmas story and then kind of go from there. So whoever wants it can go. Everyone looked at Pastor Aaron, so I don't know. So Johnny's going to do it. So he delegates. All right. I mean, yeah, a brief summary. Uh, What's beautiful is uh, the birth of Jesus was not uh, an accident or the plan of God um, after certain things happened, but it was the plan of God from before time began. We see it really um, initiated in Genesis 3 uh, when the curse is uh, told to both man, woman, and serpent. And we're told that the offspring of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent and the serpent will bruise uh, the offspring's hill. And then from law to prophet, uh, all the way to the very last book in uh, Malachi is in the Old Testament is this picture, this shadowing of Jesus. And so the Christmas story is not just when, when Jesus does arrive, uh, but it is uh, all faith is in Christ, whether it's looking forward to him or from our perspective, looking back to the person and work of Christ. And so, but what we celebrate is that uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and the beauty of that story is it involves the most humble of people. Uh, I love, I love the story that's told in Luke where Mary is told that she's going to bear a son, knowing that she is a virgin and knowing, and there's a lot of 
a lot of people try to make that sound, well, just a young woman. Well, I, I think she wouldn't be so surprised if uh, there was a reason for her to have a child. <laughs> she goes, how could this be? And... So you're saying Mary knew? Yeah, Mary knew. Okay, all right. Contrary to... to get that out you're of stealing way. one of my questions at the end. I need, <laughs> oh, you, to ba- I need you to back off over there. I've right? got so many memes for you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope, to, I hope to read a little bit of that passage in Luke 1 later. But, man, this is why our children need to know theology, because Mary's response is how I'm blessed. I'm humble, and God's chosen to use me. Uh, when maybe a lot of girls her age would go, what in the world? This is the worst thing that could happen to me. She goes, this is the best thing that could happen. Um, And so obviously um, the Holy Spirit um, conceives a son in uh, Mary's womb and Jesus is born. And Jesus Christ, the second person in the Trinity, uh, co-eternal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, um, becomes flesh and dwells among us. And we celebrate because uh, of what Jesus' name means. Jesus' name means the Lord is salvation or Yahweh saves. And that's what we're told in Matthew 1. Uh, he will save his people from their sin. And that's what Christ came to do. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about what all that means. But it's so neat how, how God orchestrates this whole, uh, this whole thing where the shepherds visit Jesus, these humble, the worst of the worst jobs back in the day, probably still today, uh, (laughs) visit Jesus and rejoice that the Savior has been born uh, in Bethlehem that day. Uh, The Magi come to visit from the east and bring bring Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If you've been reading the devotion and the Advent devotion that we gave to our church, man, what an awesome day it was as we read about that that their gifts weren't to give Jesus something that he needed, but to, to say of something of his value, uh, that they would give up whatever they know that he doesn't need and they might enjoy to know that he's the highest treasure. And so this is the Christmas story, that Christ the Savior is born. Excellent. And, and, and we're, we're excited to celebrate it. Yeah, and, and just to interject really quickly for our listeners who may not be um, super familiar, would, what would you guys suggest... Where, Give us uh, book, chapter, verses really quickly that they could, if they wanted to pause right now, go read the Christmas story from the Bible. Where would you, se- where would you send them to? Sure. Off, off I love the one in Isaiah, head. you know, all the way. I mean, so much of it points to Christ before you even get to the gospel. Right. Because it's just, it, it's, it's encouraging to the Christian to see what happened, you know, so many centuries before was written you know, even, you know, when it speaks about even, even his death on the cross as you go further through, through the book, uh, before crosses were even used as means of punishment, you know, just things that aren't coincidences that God wrote just to encourage his children. So, I mean, for me, I, I would start in Isaiah. Okay. For me, uh, John 1 and Philippians 2 are my favorite Christmas passages. Um, Philippians 2 especially, that we're told to have this mind among us, which is ours in Christ Jesus, who though he was God, did not count equality with God something to hold on to, but, but emptied himself um, and came in the likeness of men. And I, I love that. I love that idea. Uh, for me also, for me also, it's a book of Isaiah. Um, 
sorry. Um, and also, you know, and obviously the Gospels, uh, Luke 1, um, you know, just, um, but I would start with the book of Isaiah. Um, that, that's, uh, you know, foretelling of what's going to happen. Yeah, thank you guys for that. Uh, just like I said, that was just, you know, I don't want to assume anything that the listeners out there know where to look, and so I figured that'd be a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Let me backtrack a little bit. Um, Johnny, you mentioned it, and I think our first section that we're going to look at is kind of focus in on the virgin birth, um, because that is a super uh, unique one-time-only thing here uh, to this situation, so there's some, there's some importance there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Our, our Savior came into this world in a way that no one ever has or ever will. Um, you know, I think I, I posted a, a quote from a pastor just the other day. You know, so many people struggle with the idea of a virgin birth, but what most people are trying to get you to believe out there in the world, in the secular world, is um, that our universe was virgin born. Mm. You know, so pick your miracle, right? Could God do what He said He did in the Scriptures? Or, you know what I mean? Or could everything come from nothing, you know? So, uh, we trust the God of the Scriptures and that the unique way that He chose to enter into His own creation, uh, like I say, in a way that no one else has or ever will. And so that's just another facet of our worship for Him because of the way He entered into creation. Yeah, the, the really important uh, part of believing in the virgin birth is to reject the virgin birth is to stand in opposition against the Word of God. <laughs> and because the Word of God teaches it, we need to believe it. Uh, I love what Al Mohler said about this. He said, even if the virgin birth was taught by only one biblical passage, that would be sufficient to obligate all Christians to the belief. We have no right to weigh the truthfulness of biblical teachings by the repetition in Scripture. We cannot claim to believe the Bible is the Word of God and then turn around and cast suspicion on its teaching. So just as Pastor Aaron said, if we, if we deny the virgin birth, then we, we're going to struggle with other miracles where the Bible says there's a miracle. Uh, like, how was the universe formed? Um, how uh, did Jesus rise from the dead? Did, did, he, did he heal people? Uh, and then I would say the greatest miracle in all of history is that sinners be saved by a righteous and holy God. Uh, so if you can't believe this miracle, you're going to struggle believing any other miracle. And, and this is a really important truth. If Scripture teaches it, we believe it. And this is a place where theology matters again, because if um, you know, those we know who are Catholic will take the doctrine of Mary's perpetual virginity, you know, further than Scripture goes itself to try to elevate her to a plane that, you know, she would be ashamed to even take herself. Um, and we know that by Luke 1. Yeah, we, exactly. We know what she thought of herself. Right, she was humble, and she was an amazing woman, but she was not lifted to the point of co-redemptrix or mediatrix or what the church has changed her into being. So, it's very important that we, you know, the passages that you pointed out uh, that we need to check out, it's, it's very important that we check them out and know them well. Yeah, definitely. Do you got anything you want to add there? Uh, just that um, uh, the virgin birth speaks of uh, Jesus' deity. Like, it's, um, like he's, he's not born of man, he's born of God. And he's, uh, you know, uh, 100% God, and he's 100% man, uh, born of a virgin. Like he's he's from, he's 
from God, but he's born, um, you know, from Mary, a virgin. And, and it speaks both of his, I'm trying to say it the best way I can. It speaks both of his deity and his uh, 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 humanity, him being fully man. He's fully God and fully man. He's not half God and half man. He is fully God and fully man. Um, and you, you start with that with the virgin birth. Like he was not conceived by men. He was not conceived by uh, human means. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, go, no, go ahead. Uh, R.C. Sproul said that Jesus is not a deified human nor a humanized deity. Uh, so truly God, truly man. Uh, the Chalcedonian uh, Creed is a really cool creed on this. Uh, I just want to briefly read a couple of things. It was, it was about uh, Christology and getting, getting this part especially uh, about the, uh, the essence of Jesus. Um, there's two natures. One, one person, one essence. And uh, this is what it says. It says, We then, uh, following the Holy Fathers, all with one consent, teach men to confess one and the same Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the same perfect in Godhead and also perfect in manhood, truly God and truly man, mm. of, an, of a reasonable soul and body, uh, consubstantial uh, with us according to the manhood, in all things like unto us without sin, begotten before all ages of the Father according to the Godhead, and in these latter days for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary, the mother of God, according to, uh, to the manhood, one and the same Christ's Son, Lord, only begotten to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusably, uh, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably. Mm-hmm. The distinction of natures being by no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved and concurring in one person and one substance. Uh, not parted or divided into two persons, but one and the same Son and only begotten. God the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the prophets from the beginning have declared concerning Him, and the Lord Jesus Christ Himself taught us, and the Creed of the Holy Fathers is handed down to us. So I, I think that's a really, really important understanding is that Jesus is truly God and truly man, mm-hmm. and there's a union in that. And uh, it wasn't, He's not. Uh, deified from his humanity, meaning born uh, a, a human just like us, and then brought to a level of deity. Uh, some people think that about his baptism, right? That mm-hmm. that's when he became uh, God, um, and he's not uh, a humanized deity, meaning uh, a God that uh, emptied himself completely uh, of everything uh, in his deity to become human. He is truly God, truly man. And that's an important thing we have to take. Amen. And, and I would just add to that, you know, uh, the why it is so important is because people, there's people who don't believe in Jesus Christ because they believe that God could not be a man. Mm. And God, Jesus Christ, he was, again, just, he's all God and he's all man. He's, he's both, like Johnny said, uh, he has both natures in one essence. So let's put let's push on through, <clears throat> excuse me, push on through this. And the next kind of, kind of thing we're looking at here is the importance of Christmas. And this can lead into how should we celebrate Christmas? Because I know we were kind of pre-gaming beforehand talking about this, and and uh, how sometimes we 
uh, like everyone else, can get, get muddled in this and, and focus only on the worldly things. It's everywhere around us. It's easy to do. Um, so if we could just move that way now, the importance of Christmas. Uh, you, go, you go ahead. No. I interrupt you. No, you're good. You, 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 I, you go. I just really want to tell, tell the story. story. Tell it. Go, listen, <laughs> this, is, this is all your the platform is yours. In uh, World War One, which was one of the bloodiest uh, wars of all time, uh, because of uh, technology hadn't caught up with people, basically, uh, they were being mowed down by machine guns, and they were still trying to run out of trenches and run across the field into the next trench. Um, well, both the uh, uh, the Allies and the Axis forces decided to call a truce in 1914 for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And it's, you guys can look it up, it's the, the truce of uh, 1914. And those guys that were killing each other the day before, the na the that night, they said that they heard voices uh, from both the French and the, the American on one side and the Germans on the other and they were all singing like Silent Night in their language. Mm -hmm. And then they met across what's called No Man's Land the next day and they were uh, trading stories. They even had like a, a soccer ball. No, they Adam were, likes that, so. Yeah, they were. <laughs> That's right, Adam, they played soccer. We they, lost him at that story. They were, um, I think it was the English, they brought in like a soccer ball. And like they were playing soccer with each other. I mean, it was, that, that to me, that's, that's Christmas. Like, so that's so what you're a, saying is at times of like peace, when wars end, we, we play games like soccer. That's right. <laughs> right, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's perfect, yeah. actually, that you interjected there, because as we lead towards this question, that's a great example of how, it, how should we celebrate and the importance of it. If, clearly, there was something that um, put those two sides at ease for that two-day period um, to, to celebrate. Where they so, put their differences yeah. aside and celebrated Christmas. Yeah. There, there was still a reverence. And it makes me, I mean, probably everyone in here has seen the Peanuts Christmas special at some point. The only time ever, and I don't know if anyone knows this, you probably already do, but the only time Linus ever drops his blanket is to tell the Christmas story. Hmm. And there was a reverence in, due, in times past, you know, for the goodness of the Christmas story, because honestly, that's where the gospel enters into the world, right? Like it's promised but the beauty of the gospel ends, or, or begins, excuse me, in that manger mm. when Christ enters into his own creation to bring hope to his people. Mm. And, and so the reason why it matters is because, um, I don't want to steal what's coming later, but um, you can't have the rest of the story if you don't have the beginning. Mm. And so, you know, we love to look at the details and all the little intricacies of what may have happened here or there. But the reality and the beauty of it all is the fact that Jesus came. Of all the things that he could have done, right? Like, of all the ways he could have chose to save us or to do away with us, instead he chose to become one of us and to bleed and be butchered and die 
to bring us to life. Like, there is no one like our God. Amen. And this is why we praise Him. Amen. So, with that being said, how, how should we celebrate? What should, what should we be doing? Uh, and I know there's controversy, again, like we were talking about before, on how to celebrate things. And I think you guys got, had some great um, discussion beforehand before we started recording. We should celebrate a lot. Yeah. Amen. We should celebrate a lot. Um, there are certain Christmas, um, uh, well, any th- things that have been done for a long time that, that do have pagan roots. There's others that people think do, do not. Um, regardless, what our job as Christians is to do is to redeem because we've been redeemed. We don't care what someone's called the festival or what it's been called in the past. Like we'll get into that probably here in a minute, but it doesn't matter what it's been called in the past. We redeem it and we enjoy it for the glory of Jesus Christ. So it doesn't really, you know, like a lot of people get into the origins a lot. Well, there's a lot of bad things with origins that aren't good, but what we do and what our goodness and what, well, what our privilege is as children of God is to take what was pagan um, in certain areas of our life and redeem it for the glory of Christ and to give Him praise because He is the one who has dominion in all areas. All truth is His. He's come to purchase this, this place and He owns it. You know, with His blood, He's what He used to purchase it. So um, we sacrifice, or, well, because of His sacrifice, um, we are able to worship Him in spirit and truth in all that we do. Yeah, I, I was looking up just a little bit about the origins because pretty much every year at Christmas, that's the common objection. You know, Christmas is just a stolen pagan holiday and you pretend to celebrate the birth of Christ. And as I was looking up, just one of the a secular article talks about how Christmas wasn't even celebrated by the early church until the mid-300s. And I thought, well... That's wrong. You're not reading your Bible because the first Christmas was celebrated by the angels in heaven uh, when the shepherds were out in their flocks. And if the angels in heaven would pause from their time around the throne to worship Christ, the the newborn king, then we ought to do it um, as much as we we can. We we probably ought to do it more than we do, like we do once a year. Uh, But we need we need to join with the angels and and declare uh, in rejoicing that Christ has come to save his people from their sins. And, and mm-hmm. so who cares? Uh, I don't, and as Aaron and I were talking, that's probably not, uh, not a good claim that it wasn't celebrated up until then. Uh, but even if it wasn't, we still need to celebrate it because the angels thought highly enough of it to do it. Well, God is a God of celebration. I mean, what does he do all throughout the scriptures is whenever there's a great victory or you know, there's a, memor- uh, a memorable moment. What does he do? He sets up a feast, you know, a remembrance. Mm-hmm. And what is that more than just remembering God's victory? Um, like, again, I know we'll get into like the little details here in a minute, but it's just another reason. That's how our God loves to be worshiped. He set, him, he set up memorials like that. So why would we not do that in all that we do? Pointing towards him, pointing towards the worship that he deserves. And, and I don't think there's any, there's any denying um, if you've been a part of the celebration. I mean, I think to uh, just a week ago when we were mm-hmm. down at the Ivy House and, mm-hmm. and just the moment, you know, there was video captured, there were pictures captured, just the moment of, of the church singing together, praising mm-hmm. God together um, in that environment, just to, mm-hmm. the peace that was there and the joy and the celebration. 
Um, you know, if you've been a part of that, it's, it's hard to deny that, that doing that around this time of year or this season or um, the thought of Christmas is something special, which, by the way, leads me to my next point. Um, <laughs> I mean, we celebrate, I mean, if we're going to, let's get into the details here. Mm-hmm. Christmas is on December 25th. Mm. Uh, why do we, why? Why December 25th? Well, that's really good. That's <laughs> only been fought over the entire history of the church. <laughs> I told you I was going to yeah. slot some things uh, in here and there, so yeah. uh, here you yeah. go. Well, well there, there are many theories um, in regards to what day Christ entered into creation, um, you know, are we, are we certainly positive of the exact date? Not really. Um, but we have good reason to believe um, as to why we worship the day we do. Um, most folks, especially like in the, in the Western world, you know, December 25th, Eastern Orthodox Church, um, they worship, I believe, January 6th. Um, and that's, that's 12 days apart. That's where you get the 12 days of Christmas, right? We all know about that. Um, it's more than a partridge in a pear tree, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> and it um, only works if you have a true love. Exactly. That's right. It gives to you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's not go there. Watch but the anyway, words too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, no. Um, the idea is, and, and the idea where I've settled at is in regards to Jewish culture, um, there, became, there came the belief in the church that whenever Jesus entered into the world was the day that he left the world. So um, in Jewish culture, when you are conceived, that is when you begin, you begin life. And so this is where we get the pro-life movement. We, we steal it from the Jewish culture. But where do we get that idea that it was in March when Jesus would have been conceived? Well, the interesting thing is, um, believe it or not, after 70 AD, after so much of Jerusalem was mowed down and destroyed. We have no records, temple records after that. But what's interesting is we found temple records before then, which, uh, which tell us about the time when Zechariah served in the temple. And it was, it was in um, that finding, which is probably one of the most boring jobs you've got to ever think of in the world, to go looking through temple documents as to the priest who served, but it was in around March um, when he had his uh, miraculous moment where he, was, where he was not able to speak. And so what we have by that is just by a good guess, nine months after, after March would be around December, December 25th, towards the end of the month. So that's a little bit of the history as to why. Now, I know there's a, but, you know, we're going to get into some objections, but um, that's part of the history as to why it's a good educated guess to believe December and towards the end of December is a good guess. So, so we can go ahead and move towards the objections if you'd like, because um, I know there are several. I mean, it, obviously, if you're listening, you can't see, but we've got a tree behind us, and we've got greenery, <laughs> and there are lights, and there's you know, there are gifts and ornaments, and there's just all of these things that, and we talked about it a little bit when we started this, there's all of these things that uh, on the outside looking in, we may deem as part of a pagan ritual to, to celebrate the time of the year, um, but some of that stuff uh, actually has some roots that maybe go a little deeper, that if we look past, you know, what culture is telling us, it may, there may be some truth and some reason to why we do it. 
Well, can I? Yeah, I don't want to talk the whole time. You go ahead. No, I. Well, <laughs> I mean, I just, I just want to say uh, real, very quickly that, um, you know, it's, it's like Johnny said, we sh we should celebrate it more than once a year, but we celebrate once a year as believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, the the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, and to take away from that. Or to try to take away from that, you're just you're um, taking away the fellowship of other believers, brothers and sisters. Uh, you're not uh, participating like we had our Christmas uh, uh, dinner, you know, a week ago, like you're talking about. You know, what if I like, like we somebody didn't come because they believe that well, Christmas isn't this day or whatever. Like it's a it's um, a celebration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for His birth, and we're doing that as a as a as a body of believers, um, and uh, it's an opportunity for us as believers to celebrate with other believers um, the birth of our Savior. You know, it's uh, to me uh, that's taken away from the meaning of Christmas. You know. That's a, it's not um, a sense of uh, community, a sense of uh, fellowship. I mean, that's, it's very, it's vital for us as believers to fellowship with one another. Yeah. It's vital for us to do that. Amen. Yeah, so like getting to your point, Bobby, the, the idea that some things might be pagan and therefore Christians shouldn't shouldn't celebrate. I remember having this conversation around Halloween with, with some people here at church and got into to Christmas. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, if you want, you just kind of give up and be like, well, that's, that's their day. That's their celebration. Uh, we have reason to believe that this is the day that the Lord has made and we're going to rejoice and be glad in that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one, one of the things I really appreciated about my last church, Providence, that's just down the road here is Every year, um, starting at Advent, uh, they do a service called Hang of the Greens. And in this service, you bring wreaths to de decorate the sanctuary, and there's, there's lights, and uh, there's the nativity scene, and there's all these things. And what we're reading about is why those things have significance in the story of God. What the lights reminded us of is that the light shines in the darkness, and the mm -hmm. darkness has not overcome it. Uh, mm -hmm. How the the Christmas tree is uh, one of the only trees that lives through winter, and reminds us of the, of the eternal life that Jesus Christ brings. Mm -hmm. uh, presents remind us of the gift that God has given us. Uh, now, have we overdone that? Sure, uh, but there is a way to humbly, joyfully mm -hmm. uh, do it in a way that points to the truth of what God has done for us. And there's a way to, to give in response of what's been given to us. Mm -hmm. And so we want, just as, as G and, and Aaron have both said, we want to see whatever it is and assert that Christ has authority over those things. Mm -hmm. uh, Christ is Lord of all. And, mm -hmm. and he's Lord of this day just like any other. And so mm -hmm. we celebrate the birth of Christ, no matter what other people might think about it, uh, and we can take pretty much all things and put them under submission to him and point to his worth and whatever it might be. Well, think, thinking about presents, how many of you have gotten like every present that you've ever gotten? Do you remember it? 
Like, do you, do you still enjoy it? Do you even know what it was or where it is? You know what the beauty of that is? Not, not getting no presents, but the beauty is saying, despite the fact that I've gotten all this stuff, it wastes away. It's temporary. It's not eternal. But what we do have hope in is the fact of the gift that came as a baby into this world, Jesus Christ, right? We have hope through Him because, like you said, just like the trees and it, what it reminds us of as an evergreen is the eternal gift of God, that, that our promises don't end in this world. They move on into the next. And so, so even, every, even the things that we have taken and, and destroyed almost, uh, we can use their weakness still for the glory of Jesus Christ and to point them to Christ. Um, what, I, what I think of when I think of a lot of objections is I wonder how, how many of you guys have seen the Zeitgeist movie? Have you seen that? You seen it, some of you? Okay, well, this is dating me, I guess. All right, well, <laughs> you're the only one in the yeah, room. Yeah, this is. Uh, Was it in black and white? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe. But anyway, no, the Zeitgeist movie, uh, have you heard of Horus, um, Osiris, these, these uh, Egyptian gods? Um, the idea is. Um, that Horus was born of a virgin. Um, he had 12 disciples. Uh, he died on a cross. Uh, he rose again three days later. And, and they talk about all these parallels, and they said, well, because Horus was this many thousand years before Jesus, obviously this is a myth because it, was, it had been borrowed by Christianity. And, and what's really sad is when this movie came out, there's probably hundreds of millions of views. Um, Lutheran satire destroys it pretty well. If you want to follow Lutheran satire, it's very, very good. But the fact of the matter is, is he was never virgin born. Um, he only had like three disciples. Uh, he wasn't born again unless you call that dying and going to the underworld. And, and like basically every point is a lie. But this has been put forward as, as an object to bring doubt into the Christian. And so folks who haven't studied Egyptian culture, you know, have been thrown a stumbling block. Um, there, there are so many objections, but the beauty is um, Scripture stands. Um, the truth of God's Word stands. Um, there, there's even... a an objection about the shepherds, which Johnny was talking about earlier. Well, they wouldn't have been out in the fields during winter. You know, why would they be out there? Well, that's actually another amazing story that speaks to the goodness of our God. Um, these shepherds who would have been in, a, in this area around Jerusalem literally would be year-long shepherds because they would be raising up sheep for the sacrifice in the temple. And, and the beauty of this, you guys are going to love this. At least I hope so. If not, just <coughs> hype me up, I guess, all right? But I love it, okay? You know what the beauty is? What they would do is when, every, when one of the sheep would give birth, they would inspect it to be sure that it made all of the qualifications. It was without spot, without blemish. And you know what they would do? They would wrap it in swaddling clothes, in swaddling rag, and keep it in a cave to protect it from bruising itself. This is why it's believed that when the angel came, when they said, when he said to the shepherds, 
You will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, right? When you follow. This is why this was language that they would understand. Um, so again, even in the objection, it just strengthens our position and we find beauty in it because God owns all truth. Yeah. And so it's just another reason to worship. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. I, th- I think that's, uh, that's some great pieces of information that um, I would venture to bet most of us learned today. So uh, I <laughs> appreciate that. Um, I was excited. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, <laughs> at least good. one person, Fine. is like, hey! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, I was excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that was fantastic. Um, I owe you money. <laughs> so, <clears throat> again, just kind of moving through, and if we need to backtrack at any moment, feel free to do so. Uh, but I'll just move us on to the next point about why does it still matter today? What? I can start on that. She's ready. All right, go for it. Yeah. I, I just want to start it off. Like, go for it. Um, why does it matter today? Um, the same, I read this from Marcy Sproul, the same hands that held on to Mary out of fear and hunger was the same hands that was pierced on the cross for our sins. The same exact hand. It mattered then and it matters now. And without Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, what are we here for? Mm-hmm. Amen. Like, why are we here? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, keep that perspective in mind. God, you know, lowered himself enough to come down here in the form of a baby. And he, the Bible doesn't speak a whole lot about his uh, rearing, but I, I talked to, I think I talked to you about this, honey, but like, could you imagine the conversations that Mary and Joseph had? Like, <laughs> raising Jesus? Like, the Bible doesn't speak a whole lot about it, but like, I could just imagine the conversations, you know, just from raising our own children. For, you know, just, you know, and that time that they found Jesus in the uh, temple, you know, that he was, and he was per- perplexed, like, you know, don't you know this is where I would be? You know, in my father's house? And, and, and to me, as a parent, I would have been beside myself that I couldn't find my child. And, but it just, it speaks on both God's deity and his humanity. He is both God and he is man. And why it matters today is because without his sacrifice on the cross, without him standing in our place, with, with standing God's wrath upon him in our place, you know, then we have nothing to stand on. We have nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's important today, I remember reading in a, Advent uh, devotional one year. Um, I think it was John Piper that said, Christmas is an indictment before it's a delight. The fact that Jesus had to come into the world tells us that we are sinners and rebels against God. And it reminds us of our desperate need for him. And so it's important that we remember Christmas and celebrate Christmas every year because it's a reminder that we did need to be saved. That we, we are desperate, hopeless sinners who are rebels against an almighty God, and we deserve his wrath, just as G said. Mm-hmm. But God is rich in mercy. Amen. And God sent his son because he loved the world so much. 
um, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so Christmas should be celebrated as a reminder both of our sinfulness but then of our, of our Savior's effectiveness mm-hmm. uh, to come and save his people. Amen. You can't, you can't have Christmas without the cross. That's what R.C. Sproul said. Yeah. Well, in, a, in a very amazing way, um, Christmas is almost a great parallel. Well, it really is a great parallel to communion. You know, we are brought to the Lord's table, and he says, come and eat, right? Come and eat. Come and drink. I've, I've prepared the food. I've prepared the wine. All you need to do is come and eat. And that's what we do as a church. We come and celebrate. And, and the Advent season is exactly what we're doing as God's people. Um, when we celebrate Christmas, we're coming together and we're celebrating exactly what these men have just said, the sovereign ruler of the universe coming into his creation again to pour out all of himself to bring his children to life. And so um, it's just another reason to come together and worship and thank God for, for the good gifts that he's given us. At this point, I just want to open it up. Uh, we might have missed some things along the way. Uh, just open it up for any other plug-ins uh, as we continue to, and start to wrap up here towards the end of the show uh, that you want to add to this, um, this episode. I would just have one thing. Just, you know, ch- check the intention of your heart. Like, uh, you know, like everything we are, like, like the chief end of man, we are to glorify God and enjoy him forever. You know, when we go by presents, when we celebrate, when we have dinners, when we have parties, whatever it is, you know, our, our, the intentions of our heart should be to glorify God. It should be to glorify God. It shouldn't be, um, uh, I've got to get this present. You know, but like Johnny said, there's a purpose in those presents. You know, the, that we remember that presents were brought to uh, Jesus at his birth um, from the Magi. Like, you know, remember, I'm just, I'm just saying, keep the intention of your heart to glorify God and remember what this day is for. And, and that has to be intentional. Yeah. You, I, because right. it is difficult. Like, yeah. We're not sitting up here saying that it's not uh, because of what's going on around us every day. So that's an intentional mm-hmm. daily thing that you wake up and you, and you do during this season to not be so distracted. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, if, if you're free to worship, worship. It's just like the scriptures say in, in regards to uh, meat that has been offered to idols, right? If people have a guilty conscience on it, they're, they're to refrain from eating. You know, so if you have trouble, if you, if you struggle with this time of year, you just can't get past um, certain aspects of it, um, well, worship Christ either, either way. But if you're free, then worship Him, you know? Take it and eat, because it's nothing. Those idols are nothing. They're in Christ's world. He owns it, you know? So all worship is due to Him, regardless of what situation or or what we find in front of us. Yeah, the last things that I, I'd want to say is just basically how, how to celebrate my exhortations to everyone would be to, to celebrate three ways primarily. I'm, there's probably more, but one would be joyfully. And uh, that's one of the, my favorite things about Christmas is there's just joy in the air. You feel it. There's just this 
anticipation. Uh, and I would say join with the angels in Luke 2, uh, verses 13 and 14. It says, suddenly there was with, an, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest mm-hmm. and on earth peace to, among those with whom he is pleased. Worship God with humility. Join with, with Mary, the mother of Jesus, who, who said when she's told she's going to bear a son who is going to save God's people, um, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. So, like Christ coming into the world is good news to those who are humble enough to admit that they need a Savior. Amen. And then lastly would be expectantly. Be, uh, worship and celebrate expectantly for two reasons. One, Christ will accomplish that which he came to accomplish. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. The world will be saved through Christ. He will accomplish that which he came to accomplish. Um, Luke nineteen ten. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Matthew one twenty one. I'm going to preach on this Sunday, so y'all better be back here. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. For why he will save his people from their sins. That's not just a a hope or a possibility. It's a guarantee. He will save his people from their sins. That's still happening today. God's saving works going out, and his people are hearing it and coming to life in Christ. And then secondly, the expectant of this, Jesus Christ will one day come again. Amen. We sing Joy to the World, right, at Christmas. One of my favorite hymns, who else likes Joy to the World at Christmas time? Did you know that's not about the first coming, but about the second coming of Christ? Isn't that neat? Think about it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare room and heaven and nature sing. Well, did that happen at the first coming of Christ? Did, uh, did the earth receive her king? No. Isaiah 53 says that he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, a queen of grief. Uh, John 1 says that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But at the second coming, it says that every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. To the glory of God the Father. Think about the third verse in Joy to the World. It says, No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Is that the third verse? And we don't sing it. I mean, I was going to say. Third verse. You didn't hear that one. First, second, and fourth verse. Okay. So we always skip this <laughs> one. Right. That's right. So you, that's why you always thought it was about the first coming of Christ, right? That's so, right. <laughs> So we still live in a cursed ground where creation groans with expectancy for the revealing of the sons of God. But when Christ comes, it says that every enemy is putting underneath his feet, including death. And when death is put underneath his feet, he will be all in all. So his blessings will flow far as the curse is found. Or as the prophets would say, his glory will be made known as the waters cover the sea. And so that's when we celebrate Christmas, we're actually also celebrating that just as Christ has come the first time, he will come the second time. And we can celebrate the second coming of Christ because there was a first coming of Christ. And so I would say worship, worship God, celebrate Christmas joyfully, humbly, and expectantly. Amen.
Sorry for my mini sermon there. No, that was fantastic. I did it. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, so uh, we are wrapping up here, and so I'm going to... You stole my thunder a little earlier. Gary, sorry. Gary, yeah, Gary. I'm sorry. Gary wants back in. Come on. Just real quick. You know, like I said, fellowship is like uh, vital to us. Like it really is. And and could you imagine the Lord? Like I know for me, like when I see my children playing, when I see my children, um, and it, you know, fellowshipping with each other, like the joy it brings me. Could you imagine our Heavenly Father when he sees us, you know, fellowshipping with one another, loving one another, caring for one another as he has loved us. And so that, I, I just leave with that. Amen. Amen. So just to confirm, in case you didn't hear the first time around, first question is, did in fact Mary know? Because... No. Can you share that? Are you allowed to? I, I mean, I can. Will that make the pos- podcast explicit? I yeah, know. I don't know if this may make the podcast explicit, but there... <laughs> Are you singing that? Are you, are you going to sing? Like, yeah. Somebody get me a beat. Sam, play Sam. that. Play that. No, don't play you dare. Too. I'm kidding. That's a joke. But I do have a, a hymn that I'm going to share. I can share with whoever asks. It's called Mary Freaking New. Uh, yeah. Mary Freaking New. That her baby boy would one day rule the nations. <laughs> I can't even do this anymore. <laughs> that's a good enough answer. But anyway, I don't think that's so yeah, she knew. Yeah. So Mary yeah, did Mary know. Does, yeah. Okay, I yeah. just yeah. wanted to clarify. There's actually a song. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a good meme too. Uh, I think. Yeah, if we need, I can put that on planning center. We can. Yeah. We right. can do that on Sunday. Sunday. Okay. okay. Good, good, good. Second Mary. question. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that that answer would be answered yeah. that way. Okay. There you uh, go. The second question is a be honest here. Okay. Worst Christmas song of all time. Ooh. The one that comes on the radio and you're like, no, I'd rather listen to... The Grinch. <laughs> you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Of course, G-Money yeah. is in opposition of the yeah, Grinch. it's about the love. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm writing these down. <laughs> Santa baby I want a hippopotamus creepy, for yeah. Christmas. Anybody else have a Christmas we, song? We got a, yeah, Santa baby's a... Been voted on. Yeah, that's kind of. It's uh, weird. That's pretty sketch. It is yeah. weird. Man, you don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> One I vote mean, for grandma, not wanting to be run over by. I never identified okay. as a grandma, but I understand that would be. Donnie, you got one. Man, I, I don't know. I'm sure I have one. Uh, you know, the, the common one is Christmas shoes, but oh, the, all right. Listen, I, I, listen, I can't because. It was my mother's favorite song of all oh. time. And oh, well, you can't say nothing. Yeah, I, like, never mind. I'm everyone, gonna, everyone always I'm going to withhold my hatred song. <laughs> then. Thank you for that. I'm sorry, Bobby. Feel bad today. <laughs> See, we're told to like redeem things. Uh, <laughs> no, there but, you go. Amen. No, my mom would like make it. I, there, I wish I still had it. There's a home video of like my brothers and sisters, all six of us from various ages, having to sing uh, Christmas shoes at our Christmas Eve uh, family gathering. So. Um, as much as I don't like it, my mom did, so you know, it it's holds a special place in my heart. But um, I'm going to have to go repent now, so thank yeah, you. No, for no, that. you're fine. <laughs> um, Mary, did you know, probably is up there, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right. Yeah. What the, the only thing that I'm disappointed about is we didn't really get to talk about St. Nick today, like the yeah. real St. Nick. So, I mean, just real quickly, because it's a good story. <laughs> Like, this is our St. Nick, okay? This is the real one. 
Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of legend about him, but is anyone, anyone familiar with the Arian heresy? Okay, again, that's for my joy. But anyway, look it up. We stare away from it. It matters. Yes, it does. You don't go that way. That's good. But basically, it was an incorrect view of Jesus. So there was this big debate uh, where everyone came together, and St. Nicholas was there, and Arius, the proponent of this heresy, right? And things got so heated that St. Nick punched Arius in the face. And so that's why I always say, that's my St. Nick. You know, Uh yeah, he's the man. He is. Yeah, I mean... Check it out, it's true. Yes. It's good stuff. So did, did that answer the song question? Yeah, probably okay. <laughs> I just had to... Uh, I was just a second one would that. be, whichever song says, giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. What, what's a jingle horse, and why is he picking his feet up? Why are we telling him to pick his feet up? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I digress. Just problems with that. Yeah, there's yeah. Some, there's some right. issue there. I'm okay. sure there's some theological implications yeah, of that. Exactly. We, we can redeem that. We can redeem. We can redeem that. All right. Well, listen, guys. I appreciate you um, being here. Uh, audience, I appreciate you being here. Thank you guys for being a part of this. Um, Amen. I hope it was uh, time of fun and, and joy and learning some things. Um, as we go through this Christmas season. If there's no other thoughts, all hearts and minds at ease here. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to... I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. I'm you're terrible. Good. Okay, I'm, I'm fired after this one. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. Um, Johnny, will you close us in prayer, please? Absolutely, yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening. We thank you that... Uh, as we get to celebrate this Advent season and as we approach Christmas Day, that Christ the Savior is born, that, Father, you love the world so much that you sent your only Son into this world to, not to condemn it, but to save it. And may we always, always celebrate that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I, I praise you for uh, this time together tonight. I pray that it uh, propels us to worship um, more authentically and uh, more genuinely that Jesus Christ came in the form of a servant in the likeness of of man born as a baby and that every breath that he took every step that he stepped uh, was in perfect obedience to you uh, providing for us the righteousness we need to be before you and every step led him to the cross where he died for our sins and we give him all the glory honor and praise We ask that you be with us as we go from this place um, and use us for your glory alone. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Gentlemen, again, thank you. Thank Uh, you. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas to you in the audience, to the listeners who uh, make us whatever we are. I don't know. (laughs) Make us at least feel a little bit better about ourselves. Merry Christmas to you all. We're thankful for you. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless. Made it. Thank you all. Thank you so much.